name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. My 15th year anniversary, I discovered that my husband had been cheating on me with prostitutes virtually nonstop since before we got married. We were living in Bangkok at the time, and I was three months pregnant with our first child, a baby we had moved to Thailand to have via IVF. Sacrificing my thriving real estate business in the United States in the wake of the move. That night, my husband was out drinking as usual. And when he got back, I told him I wanted a divorce. We had been unhappy for a while, but I always like to make the best of things and to focus on more productive matters that I could control. So I kind of resigned myself to that sorry state of affairs. However, cheating was a straw that broke the camel's back. I packed up 16 boxes of my belongings and two cats, and I came back to the United States where I no longer had a home. That move was extremely hard for me, not only because I was pregnant, but also because I was leaving behind a marriage in my identity and my financial security as we were living a very privileged lifestyle in Thailand at the time, something we had worked for very hard for a long time. So now I was going to have to start over from scratch on my own while pregnant. Well, I figured that if I was going to do this, I might as well make the best of it and make it count. So I got back with one clear objective, which was to put my head down and get to work on fixing my life. The first thing I was planning on doing was to revive my business and then to settle down, have my daughter and take care of her. And as a distant third, at some point in the future, I might think about dating again. But at the moment, I definitely didn't want anything to do with men. Except that life is what happens while you're busy making other plans. So two weeks after landing back in the United States, I walked into a bank and found the love of my life. He was a banker and a former Marine and special operations guy. He was also going through a divorce, so we connected very closely and we became each other's support. Until the day after I had my baby, while I was still in the hospital uh, recovering from the delivery, 
I found out that I had a tumor in my left kidney, which was cancerous. And two months later, right before the surgery to remove the tumor, this guy disappeared. That was a really tough blow for me. And it was a huge betrayal is what it felt like. And, uh, and it felt that way, especially because of the timing, because of everything was breaking down and burning down around me. However, I couldn't really blame him because he was going through a divorce. I was going through a divorce. I was pregnant. Now I had cancer. So what happened is that a few months later, he came back and uh, apologized and told me that he had felt like he was drowning. So I forgave him and allowed him back into my life. But a few months later, he disappeared again. And this time, wait for it, he basically signed up for a five-year government program, uh, a government contract as a sniper. He basically went back into the military at 40. So now it doesn't happen every day that somebody will leave me, you know, choose war about being with me, but that was that. And the story gets even crazier, but I'll spare you all the details. Uh, suffice to say that I, that's, you know, that's why I ended up writing a book about it, because sometimes uh, truly life is stranger than fiction. But before you start feeling sorry for me, I will tell you that I am no victim. I took this opportunity of everything crumbling to look at what I had allowed to happen in my life. I kept asking myself, why is this happening to me? And then I realized that I was the minimum common denominator in everything that happened. I was the main actor in my own drama. So while this was a hard pill to swallow because I couldn't blame anyone else for my mistakes, it was also empowering because it meant that I could do something about them. So why am I telling you the story? Well, because the reason that I got myself into so much trouble is because I thought I had to do things a certain way. For example, I had to get married. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that I would find a person that I couldn't live without and I choose to marry them if I decided to do so, but instead find someone who is suitable to put into my plan of marriage. Which is, most, uh, which is what most of us seem to do. I also thought that I had to be, uh, that I had to sacrifice myself. We are, uh, we believe that, uh, and we are told to believe that uh, if you're in love, you have to sacrifice yourself. And that is true, especially for women. We're supposed to martyr ourselves. And then I believe that I had to be nice and not rock the boat. As a case in point, when I told my in-laws that their son had been cheating on me forever and had spent a ton of our savings in that process and that he was drinking way too much, they got angry, but not with him, with me, because I was shaming them because I was asking for a divorce and no one in their family had ever been divorced. So. I started thinking, where do all these self-imposed rules come from? Why did I have these beliefs? And then I realized that these beliefs are passed on to us by society, by the culture. And it starts very early, for example, in school, where only one answer 
is the correct answer and is the answer that the teacher tells you is the answer. For example, in Italy, we are graded on a scale of 0 to 10. However, the most you can ever aspire to, um, with exceptions I'm sure, but in general, is a 7 out of 10. The reason for that is because the teacher who grades you considers themselves to be a 10, so you, by default, can never be more than a 7. So the message there is that you can never be perfect. doesn't matter how good you are at something that you do. Now consider what that does for the psyche of a child or of a student. Also, <clears throat> we see another example of the culture uh, uh, brainwashing us this way when they have commercials like, for example, buy this lipstick because you're worth it. So what is the insinuation there is that if you don't buy this lipstick, you can go back to being your little worthless self and, uh, you know, and, and too bad for you. Besides that, the other insinuation is that you're only as worthy as your looks, as your beauty, and not even your natural beauty, but this artificial concept of beauty that changes every month. So you are left chasing this idea of perfection that you can only aspire to, but you will never achieve. Again, what does that do for our self-worth? So, and I can keep going, but you get the gist of this. So, so what happens is uh, twofold. We have uh, a lack of self-worth that causes us to make certain decisions and to have certain beliefs, and we have fear. In terms of lack of self-worth, we believe that we have to be nice to fit in, and we twist ourselves into pretzels, trying to be accepted by others. We also think that we're not good enough to ask for what we want. In fact, many times, we don't even know what we want. If I were to ask you right now, point blank, what do you want in life? Most people wouldn't know the answer to that question. And how are we supposed to achieve anything worthwhile in life if we don't know what we truly want, what we came here to do, what our purpose is? Not only, but... Um, a lot of what we're told to want or what we believe we want are materialistic things like for example house cars vacations but again do we really want these things or is this what we are told to want and i'm sure many of us know people who have these things and who are still miserable i know i was one of these people so the uh other unfortunate consequence of this uh, upbringing uh, with these beliefs is, as I was mentioning, fear. We are fearful of being different, of standing out. Now, while from an evolutionary perspective, fear has a purpose, fitting in has a purpose, because we, never, we didn't want to be abandoned when we were part of a tribe. Nowadays, we live in a much safer world in that sense, because diversity is actually celebrated today. And we're not going to be burned at the stake any longer uh, for straying off the beaten path. So fear has a purpose. Even today, for example, if we're thinking of jumping off a roof or running into traffic, there's definitely a purpose to, to that fear. It's an alert system. However, uh, and so for that reason, uh, we definitely don't want to aim to be completely fearless. However, we do 
um, we, we should aim to be selectively fearless and really fear skeptical. In other words, a lot of what we consider to be fearsome is not real. It's just a trick played by our ego mind on ourselves to keep us small and to hold us back from what we wish to do. Um, so what is the solution to all of this? Why, why are we uh, even uh, talking about these things? Uh, because the solution that I found and that is definitely made a difference in my life is taking back our power and becoming sovereign individuals. Now, this is easier said than done. Uh, it's taken me four years to get myself out of the hole I put myself in and to undo decades of damage caused by my limiting beliefs. Um, it's all based on what we, everything that happens in our life is based on what we uh, consider to be acceptable and based on our uh, boundaries or lack thereof, most uh, likely. This was definitely my case. Um, at the same time, uh, standing up is something that we do need to do for ourselves and for others as well because people watch us and our actions do have the power of changing the world. Uh, in many cases, we believe that we have to um, suffer because suffering is something that is celebrated in our culture and that sometimes is held up with pride. But in reality, suffering doesn't make us any more worthy than anyone else, and it definitely doesn't serve us. So what is the conclusion of all of this? Is that standing up and taking radical responsibility for our lives is a really tough thing to do. However, the alternative is even tougher to live with.